What's up, everybody? Welcome to the uh, Dad Fit Podcast. I'm Barrett Nobel here with Connor Flynn, right? I'm assuming yeah, I that's that one right. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Yeah, hey, good to see you. Um, this, I'm going to admit this is my first time in a podcast, so... Well, it's it's only my second time, so I'm only I'm only slightly ahead of you on that one. <laughs> cool. it, it's exciting, though. I mean, uh, I've been wanting to do it for a while. I did like um, I don't know if you've seen my uh, hybrid dadly um, podcast I did prior to this. So what I would do is uh, I would convert my blog posts um, and I would use AI to read them, and they were <laughs> they were so bad. Yeah um i i couldn't i couldn't stand her anymore I, I i don't know i i did like seven or eight episodes of that maybe um and yeah it was, oh, I, was, I was looking yeah when i was checking out your podcast i saw a lot of them and yeah. I, was, I was trying to figure out yeah 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 they were. but yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of the movement of just you know getting dads healthier and i don't know if i'm the model of that <laughs> but i think i think of a few a couple things i'm doing okay in so uh yeah that's great i mean i don't think any of us are really the model we just uh certainly do what best we can for our kids <laughs> yeah. i mean my my kids aren't interested at all in it so <laughs> i kind of just kind of just try to set the set the standard i suppose and maybe uh they'll pick it up eventually at least at least they're aware of it i guess that's the biggest thing that my wife and i try to bring to the table is We'll bring the little baby down here while we're working out. And we just all went on a family bike ride together last weekend to get the oldest one out. And uh, it was awesome because she, she's definitely not a big fitness person. But hey, oh, but, but when they get older, the, those memories get stuck in your head. Like because um, a lot of it's my, my dad, you know, I think of him and he's still getting out there. And he, you know, I'm, the, I'm probably the least active person in my family. So maybe I'm like your kids, but in my head, I'm like, oh, God, my dad is out there, you know, snowsuing right now. And he's running 5K and he's almost 80. And I'm like, you know, oh, geez, I, I got to get off the couch and like go do something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it makes a difference. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Connor, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, you're obviously you mentioned a little bit of your athletics, but just any anything specific you want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, it, to, to be honest, the big part with me as far as athletics, I was never into sports that much, but I am um, growing up as, as an outdoorsy type of kid. And um, I, I didn't grow up in the city. I was in Massachusetts and Western Mass. Nice. And, you know, yeah, yeah, it was good. My, my dad took me hiking all the time. And it, I just equated, you know, exercise and being outside. So we, we'd be one of those people who would ruin a hike because we'd be people that were racing up the mountain, you know what I mean? And not, not enjoying it, but, uh, but yeah, mountain biking was my thing when I was a teenager and, um, yeah, yeah. And I had a friend, I, I did, you know, a tiny bit of MMA, but my, my personality yeah. wasn't suited for it. So I, I sort of gave up after a while. I was like, I gotta do Aikido, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. But oh, the, for me, the, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say my dad would be happy to know you did Aikido. He's been wanting to find a, I don't even know what it would be called, a dojo or a gym for Aikido, but he's wanted to find one his whole life. And there's just oh. wherever we lived was just such low population. It was not a, 
no one was doing it. <laughs> Hard to find. Yeah. I, I actually never got around to doing it either. I just, I meant, yeah, yeah, I wanted to. But uh, I, I did the MMA and it was so intense. And I was like, wow, this really is like great exercise. But I, it's not my personality. It was like, um, what, what is it like um, in a conflict? Whoever strikes first has the highest percentage of winning the conflict. But I just didn't like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I'd rather be like reactive because I don't want to like, you know, yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> it, it makes sense with your uh, love for Aikido then, because that, isn't that one about like using the person? Being calm and they're empty and they, you use their own aggression to stop yeah. them and, you know, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But then I, I never actually got into taking the classes either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yes. The, 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 yeah, yeah. The big thing for me is when I moved to the city because I left the States and I, I moved to Thailand and then, you know, I couldn't be outside anymore. So I had to switch to going to a gym, which I never really did. You know, lifting weights and running was always so removed, but I still wanted to be healthy. So yeah. I sort of switched to that. And that was the hardest switch for me Yeah, to try and try. Yeah, to help. it definitely is. How do you how do you think you find the balance in all of that? I mean, obviously, with being a, a dad in the family life and then you're a, you're a teacher correct over in thailand yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah primary school and uh i i get a little exercise i get my steps in just from that you mm -hmm. know but um but it's um for me the kettlebell has been my savior over the year since i became a dad nice so yeah yeah it's um doesn't it, does it put on too much muscle but at least you know you can get your heart up and you get that functional movement and um, I, I was surprised because I, I didn't start learning about anything really about athletics or how to train your body until I became a dad because I had to train smarter. You know, I couldn't. Yeah, you know, like I, it's hard before I could go to the gym three days a week and do the classic like, OK, lift weights and then run on the treadmill for 30 minutes, you know, like everybody does. who doesn't quite know, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, they lift some bar, you know, the, the what do you call it, the, the barbell curl, you know, only in the. Yeah. But um, but then I didn't have time to do that. So I was like, oh, OK, it's like I found the kettlebell and you can just do the simple and sinister Pavel, you know, thing. That's what I was going to you look up our Pavel stuff because he's he's the mm -hmm. only name I know specifically in kettlebells, and I, I I'm gonna attribute that to Tim Ferriss, but I feel like most of the stuff fitness related is influenced by Tim Ferriss somehow. <laughs> that, that's how I came across it too. Yep, the the four hour body. Yep, that was yeah. it. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, kettlebells are fantastic. This, I mean just the diversity um, of exercises mm -hmm. and just the small compactness that is the kettlebell itself. They're phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I've got, I've got a couple here in our little home gym. Um, I don't use them as thoroughly as I used to, um, but I definitely incorporate kettlebell swings almost regularly in most oh, cool. of the routines that I do. Just, they're just fantastic little exercises, full body, get your heart rate up and, they're they're humbling honestly <laughs> well yeah that's the thing my wife was making fun of me she's like that that's it you you didn't even do it for 10 minutes it's like you you try and do that for more than 10 minutes and see how you, you feel you know yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a similar experience when uh i used to do boxing so just jump roping i mean the first oh. time i got on i was like they're like all right do this for like 10 rounds three minutes each and like what that's good <laughs> that's nothing <laughs> By like the fifth round, I'm like, oh my god, I'm just like slightly jumping here and I'm gassed. 
Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just simple but effective like stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. so Thailand, man, what how did you end up you went from Massachusetts directly to Thailand? Um, oh man, I don't know if I could tell the long story or the short story. It's just like um yeah, I just I sort of graduated, you know, like one of those guys I think I got I got a philosophy degree. And oh, um do I yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and of course like what do i do now and i was one of those naive people right and i realized about halfway through that i i did not want to be going to academia i just wasn't into it like the lifestyle i would talk to other people who were doing it and the professors and it, i love i love learning and i know i talk to you on twitter too you do too it's like always learning and but i just didn't like something about it didn't appeal to me and I, I was like, okay, what do I do now? And it's like, oh, I can, I can always, you know, travel in Asia for a while. And I, I was really into Buddhism around the meditation when I was um, maybe 19 or 20. I sort of got into it. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, oh, I'll go to, you know, East Asia. And, um, you know, so it was around my mid-20s. I just sort of jumped on a plane, sold my, my car and just like, all right, see what happens. And uh yeah yeah so and eventually i i got certified i got my master's in education and now i work in an international school here and uh it's, it's worked out well because um i i can get my daughter to go there and now yeah i don't, I don't even know what i would do to, if i came back to america now so i'm pretty pretty settled uh, yeah how long have you been there um 15 years about okay. 15 years now yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so, changed quite a bit in 15 yeah. years I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I came back um, for the first time in fourteen years last year. Believe it or not, um, and I, I just to see my dad and my sister. They, they have come over here before, but I haven't gone back since my daughter was born. Yeah. And um, it, it, I actually, I liked it. It was nice to be back again. Just the open space and the the cold. I miss being cold and. Yeah, it's nice to have a yeah, change in culture, too. I, I know in America, everybody's complaining, oh, America's going crazy. Everybody's so crazy. But it, it, to be honest, the bluntness of people was a nice change from the the saving face of East Asian culture that is almost relaxing. Like, oh, look, somebody's just looking right at me and they're, they're telling me exactly what they're feeling and thinking all the time. You know, and it's, uh, it, it's refreshing in a way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I used to work for a Japanese company and that, that saving facing frustrated me so much during meetings because um they won't give you a direct answer like this sucks. Like I would I would say that constantly in meetings if I I mean I would be a little more political about it, but I would be direct and like we can't release this because XYZ and I, I, the, when I first started there, I had a few people after meetings come out. I was like, "You can't, you can't say that directly in a meeting." I'm like, "I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, but why? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me." And it's just those cultural differences are massive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, it's it's hard to move things forward. You know, I think it's uh, no. can be tricky sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I can't complain though. I mean, it's also it's there's an easiness to it. it sounds crazy, but um, after ten years being here, when I came back to America, it was very um, I don't know how to explain it. It takes a lot of energy, whereas like you don't have to expend as much in your social interactions. 
in Thailand, if that makes any sense. Whereas in America, it's, I like this refreshing. I felt very on because people, when they look at you, they're very genuine and there's a genuine sort of, I don't know how to explain it, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's very different, very different. Yeah. Yeah. The dynamics oh, yeah. are definitely, I mean, just mm-hmm. culturally, it's, it's phenomenally different sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, also, it's, um, it's a great place to raise a family because in some ways there's like a very uniform culture. So it's very at least safe. You know what I mean? It's like, I have never been mugged in Thailand. I've never felt like when I'm walking with my family at night that I have to like look around a lot to make sure it's safe (laughs) in a giant metropolitan city. If I was walking through like parts of Boston at night, you know, I've had friends like getting pistol whipped in broad daylight in some areas, you know, carrying groceries, you know. Um, Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Thailand is this very, has that very like civilized aspect to it. You know that that's um yeah good good they've had a uh, much longer history to kind of figure all that out and weed it out i think <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true america's still the just sort of like condensing and figuring out what it wants to do next it's uh how old yeah yeah 200 200 years or so yeah we're so, still the yeah. grumpy teenager on the global scale of age. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, man. You were, you were saying that you didn't necessarily focus or pay attention to your fitness until you became a father. Um, what exactly, other than like maybe time management, um, changed for you? I mean, you can speak on time management because that's, that's obviously one of the biggest keys to fitting in your fitness and nutrition while being a parent yeah yeah um well i think that the big one was um two things is time management and also burn out from other aspects of becoming a dad because you know yeah i mean i i it's like for example just like you know trying to make ends meet provide the best you can for your family and it's like you know, before I was a dad, I never thought about that stuff. I mean, <laughs> look at me, Mr. Philosophy degree. Hey, you know, so it's like, you know, oh, wait, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, so then it's like, oh, crap, I got to get it, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think the biggest wake up call for me as far as health was actually a few years ago. It was um, I was just burnt out and I was, you know, burning the candle at both ends. I was working full time. I had like two part time jobs and I was doing freelance web design you know, oh. on the side with different clients. And uh, I remember one night in the middle of the night, I just went up to go to the bathroom and I was coming back and I almost kind of passed out. And I, OK, I got it. And then I opened the bathroom door and um, my daughter is walking towards me. And it's the last thing I remember. She goes, Daddy. And I just blacked out and hit the floor and woke up like a puddle of my own blood, just like went face first <laughs> to the ground. Yeah, yeah, and not not like drunk, not anything. Just just literally lack of sleep and exhaustion, and I just like out cold, like like that. And I went to the doctors, like oh what, and got scanned for everything, and nothing seemed wrong. I was just so burnt out that I just collapsed, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that was a big. So if you notice, like when I first wrote on Twitter, a lot of it's just about relaxing, you know. Because, uh, yeah, you know, they say health is wealth and it's like you try to do so much, you know, especially as a dad, especially I think when your children are younger, you know, when they're uh, my, you know, I don't I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's like when your kids are in that age of like, you know, five to ten or so, you just feel like, oh, I got to 
achieve so much or do so much. And um, yeah, I think a big part is learning to relax for me personally, just sleep, getting to sleep more, um, you know, and just realize like it's more important for me to spend time with my family, go for walks in the park and and just, you know, just take care of my mental health, you know, too. So yeah, yeah put more emphasis yeah. mental on health is definitely one of the biggest aspects of my mm -hmm coaching that I focus on. I, obviously, you, you're going to need the physical and the nutritional, but I, mm -hmm. I've noticed that a lot of fitness coaches neglect the mental side of things. And I feel like mm -hmm. that's one of the differentiators for me as a coach in general. But yeah, I the, the, the mental side is brutal. And I think it's even more important nowadays than it ever has been, just because mm -hmm. of all of the bombardment of stuff that's constantly flashing in our eyes and the screens mm -hmm. everywhere and even just driving down the road the billboards and everything i don't know how thailand is but i, I can't see the ads everywhere here in america yeah it's, it, if you get into the city it's like that too it's like a, in a sci-fi movie like you know filtering <laughs> out yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like we now live in the future like that we saw when we were kids you know uh, <laughs> that was one of the things I appreciated about, I want to say Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, but don't quote me on that, but oh. they banned outside advertisements. So you, it's just serene. I mean, there's the buildings and stuff, obviously, but just not that constant bombardment of trying to be sold garbage. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's still there anymore, but I remember seen i read a news article about it i'm like oh my god these guys are awesome i would <laughs> i would love that i think eventually it's got to come full circle you know eventually it'll have to slow down you know i guess we're getting off topic from from fitness here but you know it's like uh yeah yeah just for um because they you know all the short form content right that's big now too with everything and TikTok. i think eventually it's all going to come back around to people are going to burn out on it you know, it's just people are starting to filter it out and it won't the people who are pumping it, you know, for their ends will eventually find less profit from it. I hope, you know, it'll fade, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So you said primary school teacher. That's the the little kids are like not that's I don't I don't know primary my wife's a teacher, I don't know the <laughs> differentiator. Uh, it's like, what, what grade does your wife teach? Can I ask? What a... He's first grade right now. Okay. Right. I, I'm with four, grade four. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, a little bit older. I, I like working with those kids because they're, they're, they're old enough. You can kind of talk about more cool stuff with them. You know, like, okay, the, how life started on the earth. Like, oh, cool. And they like to hear it. But they're young enough. They don't have the attitude of teenagers yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still like, you know, it's, it's the middle ground, you know. Yeah. yeah so, I, was, I was speaking to, uh, I was just hanging out with her and some of her teacher friends the other day. And mm. I just felt so bad for the middle school teachers <laughs> i don't i don't know how they do it they're like they, they're just like a different breed of people because not only the middle school kids smell horrible but just their attitude <laughs> all the all the hormones raging around and uh, yeah. like light switches sometimes with how they feel <laughs>
Yep, I, I taught grade seven for like one semester, I think, just trying to help out with another teacher who left. And uh, yeah, it was tough. Uh, yeah, one kid like hated me because I said the wrong thing once during his presentation. I was like, sorry, you know, yeah, very, very, totally different, very sensitive. You know, I was like, I thought they're older. I thought they'd be, you know, no, very sensitive. So, uh -huh. <laughs> well, let me get back to some of these questions here. Okay, okay sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop talking. Slow down. Um, let's see. How? What's your approach towards nutrition um, for your family and yourself? I know a lot of Asian cultures. I don't. I don't know about Thailand, but I, I'm just thinking of India. I guess where they're predominantly vegetarian. Um, how is it in Thailand? I love Thai food, so mm -hmm. I can only imagine it's better at the source. Yeah, yeah, it is good. But a lot of it's the street food, which is not that prepared that great because of the oils and the MSG. But yeah. it tastes amazing. Tastes amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but but to be honest, like, um, our family is kind of funny because we all eat different things. And oh, so, yeah, yeah. And it, it can be weird because um, I I used to be very paleo like paleo style, you know, back in the day. And yeah. that's how I first got into nutrition too, because I, I first noticed I was trying to help one, one student, a girl who was very obese and I was trying to get her to, to help lose weight. So I said, Hey, if you don't drink, you know, a soda or sweet drinks after lunch, I won't either, you know, try to make a deal with her. And yeah. then, um, I stopped doing it too. And all of a sudden I stopped getting an afternoon crash anymore. <laughs> you know yeah it's just like every afternoon about an hour after lunch you're like oh i just boom you know slump and as soon as i just stopped drinking coca-cola that stopped happening i was like oh why did that happen so then i started researching it and it's like oh wow processed food is not good for you you know oh, wow. <laughs> so at the age yeah, of like you know my early 30s and i finally realized this and um yeah so that's how i got into paleo and fasting and um, yeah, yeah. So fasting now is probably I I stopped being as strict on you know what I eat just because for social reasons and for my family too. Uh, my daughter's a very picker, picky eater, so I never <laughs> yeah yeah I don't want to emphasize not eating with her. I just want her eating, <laughs> you know. Um, and I try to yeah yeah. She's also very against meat just naturally. Even though both me and my wife eat meat, she doesn't want to. And um, yeah, sorry, yeah, do you know so, if it's for the animals, or I feel like um, um, when they're younger, it's more animal related. I'm not. I'm not fully sure, to be honest. Um, it's my sister is a vegetarian, and I, I still remember. To be honest, I think about being a vegetarian a little more too, just to join my daughter, and because it, it's not humane for the animals either. I I don't want to get into dangerous moral debates here, but you know, and I still eat eat me too, but um, health reasons, I'm, I think, you know, from the, it's healthier to eat pasture raised, you know, organic meat for your own health, but for the animal's sake, both moral and especially with the current food system is very, I mean, I, I didn't eat beef, I think for like months after I drove past a cattle slaughter farm, I think out West, you know, um, but, but yeah, but for, for my daughter, like just, it's uh, tricky. It's got lots of eggs, lots of cheese, this kind of stuff is where I try to get her protein and those nutrients in, um, yeah. and some vitamins, get some omega three. And, uh, after COVID we added in the vitamin D and the gum drops and so try to supplement and 
olive oil always get the extra virgin you know real stuff you know sort of try to put that into everything sort of give a little extra boost um but um i got my wife a little into the the ifing just like a little bit and she liked it but it's hard to keep but usually that is where i sort of put my emphasis on but i started to get too skinny and I, I, I tend to geek out too much on nutrition and not spend enough time on exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's my problem that I ran into the past few years, especially yeah, during COVID. I hurt my shoulder, too, because I started trying to lift weights like I was 25 again. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm just stuck in the house all day. I'm going to buy a bunch of free weights and a lot of shoulder presses, you know, again. And it's like, oh, it really hurts. I can I better just find these stretches online on youtube and that'll that'll fix it and like oh god now it's really you know and uh yeah it was, it was actually not till i started doing some qigong that it finally started working really well again you know so yeah yeah so all i, I could do is kettlebell swings for like two years and that was it yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Is, would you say kettlebells is your predominant um form of exercise at this moment or do you still do any barbell training or anything outside of that? I'm ironically, I never thought I would, but I've started using Nautilus machines at the gym. Okay. Um, I, I've, I never thought I would cause it's all in that functional thing, but I ran across a book years ago. It was, um, body by science by Doug McGruff. Okay. And it was all about working out once a week. And the thing that worked for me and is for that shoulder thing is it's super slow. So mm. it's like a two minute set where each rep is like 10 to 20 seconds okay. and um, done at a weight that is to failure. So let's say you're doing like the five core movements. You're doing, you know, like the um, the downward pull, forward press, you know, uh, horizontal row and um, overhead press. And you're doing it just like one set for each one. It's a super like you know, 10 to 20 seconds per rep at a, at a weight that you'll fail before two minutes, between one and a half, two minutes. And I, I noticed like, it doesn't make you that much stronger, but you do feel good and it never hurts anything. I can do that once a week. And I, I started doing that and it feels good so far. <laughs> How did yeah. you cross that book? Um, I think just online. I, oh. I was just looking for stuff, you know, just randomly digging around. And um, so I've, I've been doing that again. And then I just try to do one kettlebell and just walk a lot. And that's about it. And um, yeah, yeah. So it's still underrated. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, so it's just that that's about it for me. But most of my exercise now is all about, sounds weird, but just mental and physical energy. So it's like, um, I just want to feel good. And I just like, like I want my daily movements to never feel tiring, both mentally and physically. Like, yeah. um, you know, I just want to feel like I have clean, consistent energy all day. And I'm, I'm old enough now that I, I've played around with food so much and nutrition and keto and, and the exercises that I do that I now am at like a good place. For like, okay, this is what I need to just feel good all day, you know, and then not get tired carrying books or like walking up four flights of stairs and, you know, that's sort of where I want to be. Well, that's a, that's an amazing outcome, though. Most people never find that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uh, a deal for most clients is just 
I just want to feel good all day. They don't, they don't want to be super muscle bound. They're not competing in fitness competitions. They're not doing CrossFit games. They, they just want to walk up steps and not be winded and be able right. to chase their kids and pick them up. And it's, well, the, it's to be cool. honest, I, I think people they overcomplicate it. That, oh. That's all it is. They overcomplicate it. It's just like you don't need to do that much. The hardest part is finding the time for what, what do they call it? Zone two, right? It's um. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, um, so you need to somehow walk quickly enough throughout the week. You get about three hours of that, you know, and then you also need to do something really hard two to three times a week. And that hard doesn't have to be like three hours lifting weights. It'd be like, okay, you lift weights really hard one day. You do some HIIT and that's like less than 10 minutes of the kettlebell, you know, yeah. and then, you know what I mean? And then. I don't know, maybe this is me personally, but no, you know, I feel like, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's the biggest yeah. secret, like, <laughs> really easy. Well, yeah, yeah, it's just like, don't like, oh, I need to figure out this new move. It's like, just do like something really hard a couple of times a week that's sort of different than each other and then walk a lot. And that, that is, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. is a 95% of the general population as far as their fitness needs. It's, it's really, yeah. it really is pretty basic overall, but it kind of ties back in with what we were talking about earlier. Just the constant bombardment on social media with all of these fit fluencers and all these people that are yeah. super not natural and they just edit mm -hmm. their photos and all that stuff. And then that just, that's, it starts breaking down people mentally like oh well, these people mm -hmm. look so much happier than me and they look happier yeah. but it's all yeah. it's all a facade <laughs> yeah yeah like like even at the gym my, my wife was saying she's like that's not an hiat workout i was like you know tabata is only eight minutes it's like oh my gym they have hour-long hiit workouts like that's not an hiit workout i don't know what that is but that's something else you know yeah yeah torture or i don't know what yeah, yeah so it's like yeah i think i think a lot of people just need to learn their bodies and think about it that way like i'm gonna do something really hard twice a week you know what i mean and like one of those is kind of slow and picking things up and one is kind of fast and really intense and you know what i mean if you that maybe that's yeah that's the way i think about it now yeah it's a great like overarching theme for everything because like, when you boil mm -hmm. and distill it down to its essences that's that's basically what it is and yeah. obviously like i said if you're if you want to be more advanced or compete and stuff it it's different but like 95 percent of the population you're set you're gonna be fine you're gonna outperform the rest of the population if you do these small simple things a few times mm -hmm. a week <laughs> just from yeah. how I don't know, if, lack of a better word, how lazy everybody else is. They're just sitting on their <laughs> couch just watching TV. I don't really know this, but I'm just anecdotal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think part of it, too, is like you're talking about before, like online, it's not just fitness, like everything. It's like people <laughs> see like, oh, I want to be like that 0.01%. But if you're just happy being in that 5%, you're already like set. You know what I mean? So if you realign your goals instead of being like, oh, I want to be like, you know, what, what's his name? Uh, the, 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 the CrossFit guy who's won all those games or something. Like if you're always comparing yourself to somebody like that, it's like, oh, I want to be like that. It's like you could set that goal if you, for example, 
had, you know, 12 free hours a day, every day to do that. You know what I mean? So, but if you'd said aim for like, you know, somebody who's kind of healthy and can, you know, run, you know, 5k in under 30 minutes, you know, that's already better than 90% of or more of the population, you know, and going to keep you healthy and there, you know, for your kids, you know, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so how would you, how do you keep yourself motivated throughout all this? Um, obviously you spoke about burnout earlier and I've 100% experienced that, um, building startups on the side while I'm working full time. And now we got the little baby thrown in the mix as well, but what do you yourself, um, attribute as your biggest motivators, especially days where it's just like, ah, I, I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> no, I'm shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, like I, I will just skip days, but I do regret it later. I think my biggest motivators are one, my wife, who's gonna like bug me about it. <laughs> <laughs> and just be like you have to take care of yourself you have to get to the gym and like do something every day it's like did you did you do the kettlebell thing today you know or or the other one is just like i'll notice like i have more aches and pains not like major but just like you know yeah. oh my knee feels kind of like stiff when i'm walking up the stairs like oh i didn't I skipped that, that they go in the gym this week you know or I, I didn't stretch at the end of the day you know for like three days in a row or something like that, you know, and then I'll just, it'll just be that alone. My personality just doesn't, you know, I think, I think you're probably similar, have like a perfectionist personality and yeah. it just bugs you if something in your own body isn't working the way you want it to, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. yeah. And so that, that is probably, it sounds funny, but that's a big motivator for me. Like staying I, I'm definitely the exact same way, especially if I mm -hmm. have control over it. Like if, if example your knee examples like oh, i forgot my mobility or i just skipped my mobility for the past week I'm like that's 100 yeah. percent on me there's there's literally nothing on the outside that could have done that for me and that's that's what i don't really use motivation because that's fleeting but yeah, yeah for lack of a better word that's i'm i've just used discipline for it because I have to, I mean, I have to do it because I'll just feel like garbage if I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Well, I, I think it was, it was, was it Tony Robbins who said like, um, you know, like fear is a much better motivator than, you know, why, you know what I mean? It's like knowing like, oh, I'm going to like be angry at myself if I don't do that. It's like, it's a better motivator than, yeah, yeah, wanting that, that thing. Uh, yeah, um, it really is. It's, it's uh, hmm. similar for investing, like people if you make a hundred bucks it feels great but if you lose a hundred bucks it's like five times as devastating mm. for you it's it's fear the way the brain is wired yeah yeah yeah, yeah. To, to just be yeah watch out for for anything threat so you've mentioned i think you said qigong was that that what you said yeah i don't do it that much it's like probably once a month i just sort of spread stuff around um but it was it was david Baudry was the guy i learned it from I, I ran across his youtube videos and i bought just his course like um he does a lot of really cool stuff and i just got like a quick course from him um and i just started doing a couple of the exercises and for the first time in two years my shoulder just opened up and i've done everything under the sun i mean i had actually been to a doctor but i mean i must have watched every youtube video and thing and 
you know, I know that's probably not the best route, but you know what I mean? That rehab this, rehab that, the bands on the door. Could you, but, could um, you a little bit about what Qigong is? I'm only familiar with it in like a, a martial arts kind of sense, but I don't, I don't have a grasping. I'm, I don't really know. What it is. But Qigong is basically like the, what you'd call like the medicinal aspect of Tai Chi. So when you see the, you know, pe the old people in the morning moving really yeah. slowly, you know, like that sort of thing where they're going from one side to the other. Qigong is actually, it's much more raw focus on the energy aspect of it. Interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but um, the, uh, the, I might get a little woo-woo here. I don't know if I'll, I'll push some people away with this, but um I, I've been meditating for so long, I sometimes go through a few rabbit holes of exploring different things. And I got into, you know, energy healing type of things. And um, there's some things I started to experience that I could not deny. There's definitely something going on in these modalities. And in Qigong, you really want to focus on the energy moving through your body and just moving, you know, any blockages getting undone and flowing while you're moving your body and just imagining this sort of cycling through you. And and when I started doing that just a few times, my shoulder really just just healed afterwards. It is it's not a hundred percent, but it's ninety percent better, you know, from where it was before. And uh, that happened only after like the the second time I did it. And it just seemed just like fixed, uh, you know, yeah. So Great I, I don't know. But David <laughs> Baudry is very happy when I told him about it. He's like, what What video was it? What, what was it? Like, it's this one right here. This one. I was like, really? Like, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was just luck. It just decided that day to start working. But maybe it had nothing to do with the Qigong. But, but um, yeah, I, I remember the exact time. It's just like, wow, what happened? Uh, yeah. That's great. I mean, if it works, <laughs> I would do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I still barely ever do it I because I it sounds horrible. I, I have... Like you say, with burnout, you're trying to do too many things at once and you get caught up in that self-improvement thing. Like, oh, I've got to, you know, drink 10 glasses of water, do Qigong, meditate, work out, you know, every day, you know, and read 17 books. And, you know, yeah, so um, I got to, yeah, not get too wrapped up in it. But um, <laughs> yeah, so. you definitely get caught up in that rat race sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. Just for yeah, the nature yeah. of my personality, um, I'm a computer scientist, so I approach most things algorithmically and i always look for ways to optimize and that always carries over uh, for better or worse into my real life so i'm always looking at oh maybe i can go up these steps this way and it'll be faster or <laughs> exactly what you're saying like uh, i i'm i again i blame this on tim ferris but i uh <laughs> read so many morning routines of individuals oh, yeah, I, I look up to and just mm -hmm. idolize i guess for lack of a better word but i'm like oh, okay this one fits here for me and then i i've got spreadsheets mm -hmm. full of morning routines that i try out and um I th i'd say up until like maybe the past year or two i've kind of just like pumped the brakes on all of it as much and i definitely approach things still algorithmically just so that it can free up my mind to look at other things and I'll just follow the steps and that's accomplished. But that, that also takes up a lot of time to find the optimization. And now I'm just looking at this is good enough. And I attribute a hundred percent of that to becoming a father. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have the time to sit there and pour over 
optimizing mm-hmm. my morning routines and I don't even know if it does anything, but I enjoy it. So I, mm-hmm. it never bothered me, but yeah, yeah. being a dad is a time suck. <laughs> it's well, you know, great. Ferris is not a father, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think about that one quite often. Um, again, now that I am a father, um, just how many people that I did idolize and look up to and just appreciate as a human and like, Oh wait, they weren't, they're not dead. So I have to reassess and take everything with a grain of salt because they didn't have this gigantic chunk of their time and mm-hmm. life that's heavily influenced by keeping somebody else alive. Like that's a, <laughs> that's yeah, a thing. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. Like, um, and to be honest, the more you look at these people's lives and you can start of, you know, as the big staring to like, okay, how many hours a day do you spend here? Do you spend here? And like some like, okay, so here's my, you know, time I get to spend my family. We go shopping together once a week on Sunday. And it's like, well, that's not the life I want to live. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so it's just like um, when you see, you know, it's like the grass is always greener. And um, yeah, on the other side, you know, too. And yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of those things aren't even applicable if you if you have a job. So like if I was like self-employed or something like that, or, or if I was managing a team of people, then some of those might be more applicable. But um, a lot of my day is spent in, you know, essentially crisis mode <laughs> as a primary school teacher and as a dad you know it's like oh okay this 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 you know so yeah, yeah. yeah. the kids could email you all the time they'd always be high priority alert emails <laughs> you know exactly yeah yeah oh, god Mm-mm-mm. that's funny so your your meditation i think was one of the First things that I noticed um, when we started interacting on Twitter, just because I had so much value in my meditation practice, and you've got another 10 plus years on me on that one. So what initially got you interested in that? You said you were 18, 19-ish, somewhere around that age from, from Boston or from Massachusetts. How do you get involved with meditation up there? Well, it's um. first thing I want to say is that just because I got 10 more years in you doesn't mean that's quality years either. So like <laughs> I know if you're putting in 30 minutes a day, I'm putting in like five to 10 minutes a day, you know. So I mean, that's- like, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but um, but yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's just the sort of thing that I did start to neglect it maybe a few years ago. And I really when I went back to it, I felt so much better a lot physically too which sounds funny but um it was um but but anyway like how how i got into it though was was philosophy Mm. um because yeah when i was a teenager i came across fritzov capra's the Tao of physics and um yeah it was just all about this physicist who you know he yes he did eat mushrooms too but he he went into you know, really um, reading about all the Taoism and Buddhist philosophies. And he found all the things in modern physics that essentially were reaffirming those beliefs. And he just and wow. so I, I got curious about it because I loved cosmology and um, philosophy at the time. 
like I, I devoured it when I was younger. Like I just, I just read all of Plato's Republic, you know, by the time I was like 19, like and all, yeah, but like, but so then I, I ran into the, the meditation stuff and I just got really into East Asian philosophy. <laughs> and just, sorry. Um, and um, so I just started meditating more from a curiosity standpoint. Like I want to understand the universe. And this is the thing that I can use for now. It's of course, yeah. As you get into like, oh wait, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> but um, but the the thing is, is like um, I feel the the main benefit more than just for myself is for other people. Like I, when I was like in my early twenties, I was you know just delivering pizza, and there's a friend of mine, and um, he I don't know it's okay except if you'd ever hear this, I won't say his name, but he gotten some bad stuff going to raves and stuff like that. And he took some bad something got like, well, you, they called it a K hole back then in his brain, oh. you know, and he started to like, go to a psychologist, start taking all these drugs just to help himself with the anxiety. And he just said to me one day, like, oh, I saw these monks one day on TV. I wish I could just be like them. And I said, well, you want to learn? Yeah. And so you know, yeah, we just went down to the river one night after work and we just sit down and I was like, okay, this is how you do it. And we just sat there and I went and through it and he started doing it just every day. You just do it. And within a week, he didn't have to take any of the medication anymore. And within a couple of weeks, he didn't have to see a psychologist anymore and he felt all better, wow. you know? Um, so it's the benefit of meditation comes. I, I always tell this to people and like, oh, it's, it's a lot of work. It's like it has very huge returns for small amounts of effort. And then if you want to go deeper, you know, then it takes a lot more work. But of course, you know, there's also much higher benefits for that. But as far as health, both physical and mental together, it takes so little time there's no better return on investment i think for physical and mental health and meditating a little bit every day you oh, know yeah. um absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean yeah, even yeah. even just a minute i mean just when you're first mm -hmm. starting out a minute it seems it's it's simple it's a it's a great getting your feet wet kind of thing but mm -hmm. if you actually put in the conscious effort and decide i'm gonna try this and that's that's my story with it um, I, I thought it was a bunch of hippie bullshit, but again, I'm always willing to learn and try and experiment with things. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to dedicate uh, an entire month, 30 minutes a day. Like I'm not going to even go small. I'm not, I'm just going to go straight 30 minutes a day. And it was, it was nonsense for the first couple of weeks. Cause I wasn't, I didn't know what I was doing either. I think I used a, a, a meditation. I had guided meditation apps at that point. But um, after the second week or so, there was definitely a, a noticeable shift in my mental well-being. And then after that month, it was significant. And it was just like a hockey stick graph as far as mm -hmm. like, yep, I'm fine mentally. And uh, ever since then, it's been... Uh, super important for my mental well-being for sure and I, f I forgot what I was going with that but um yeah, yeah that, 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 that does my with it <laughs> yeah awesome yeah yeah it's um that's the thing is it, it becomes popular for everything now but um like yeah I, I forgot what it was like um 
I just, I went to the doctor and my blood pressure for the first time was like pushing up over 140. And it's when I kind of stopped meditating and I started meditating and I went again, it was right back to normal again, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, and that's just five minutes a day, you know, in the morning, you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah I, I'd like to do more again, but it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I envy putting in 30 minutes a day. I can't, yeah, sometimes I do at night, sometimes. But, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I would yeah. say more or less I get every day. Um, it's hit or miss mm-hmm. now that, my wife's home for the summer, but um, speaking of, do they do that in Thailand for school? So you got the summer off or? We do. We already had it. It's in April. So our summer is um, April break. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just a different, different summer, so to speak. So you're back then? Yep. Yeah. We opened in June. So we had March, April and May. And um, that was our big summer break. Yeah, yeah. So we we just started back up again. I'm curious. Um, I know originally summers off in the the states was for farming. Like you need your kids to help out for the crops. Is it? Do you think it's similar for that in Thailand as far as the timing goes, or is it kind of just like an adopted thing that we seem to have influenced the rest of the world with? <laughs> I know I, I might have something to do with planting. So uh, so the rain starts to come. That's why they have like Songkran, the big water throwing party is in a beginning April because they're they're getting ready to plant all the rice for the year. But that's the opposite of America. They're getting ready to harvest. Right. Huh. You know, so. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not really sure, um, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just a random thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you so I, I know again like you said your your fitness related stuff has been predominantly more focused since you become a father but have you ever competed in any um events i guess like i know you said you you're not you don't really do endurance stuff like uh marathons or any of that that stuff right no no i i'd like to one day T- to be honest like I'm starting, you know, like we were talking about earlier about being all over the place, you know, trying to do startups left and right, you know, learning web design, you know, while teaching. And yeah. um, now I'm just starting to back off all that stuff, you know, and, and to, even with, with Twitter, like I was telling you, I'm sort of like calming yeah. down with it again. And like, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to focus more on just enjoying life and doing things I like, like, I'm going to finish writing this book, I'm like halfway through, and I'm just going to focus on my own health. And there's a there's a couple of guys in my school who run marathons. Um, one of them, one of them got first place in like a, a half marathon recently in Bangkok. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'd like to. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to put more emphasis on that in the future. But might be a while, might be a while before it happens. Yeah, a runner other than just that generic sports and training for whatever uh activity i was doing for that but uh, this last year so i kicked it up a notch with my focused running efforts i never like i said i never had a running coach so um i i hired one just so i could understand the the dynamics and how to properly train for running cool i mentioned in Mm -hmm. my last podcast that I would just run as hard as I could for as long as I could. And that was my running training for that. 
And now I have a much better understanding of how to build it up slowly and make it more sustainable because I ran, uh, I ran my first ultra marathon a couple months ago. And I remember that, it. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> it was brutal. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm, the endurance stuff is interesting. It's after I had been doing it for like four or five months, which is minuscule compared to all these other endurance athletes. But um, I feel like I might have had a leg up on someone that might have been at the exact same time just because of my meditation practice. I say that because I notice endurance is about 85% mental, um, the training itself, because you usually run pretty slow. It's a casual jog. Like I, we could have this conversation while I was doing my endurance running training, but okay. doing that for four hours is super boring to me. I, <laughs> that was, that was my biggest issue with it is I don't, I was just bored out of my mind because I also run it like, like a machine. I don't, I don't use headphones or I don't listen to anything. I just, I, I oh, need really? to have, I need to have my awareness for the surroundings for where I live. I don't want to get hit by a car. Oh, you know? I see. Um, huh. yeah, but the, the mental fortitude, I think, like I said, I feel like I had a leg up on anyone who had been training for the exact same time frame as I have just and I attribute all of that to my meditation practice because it was very meditative um you get you get the rhythm going and it's almost like a uh oh what's that meditation where they just repeat the same thing over and over and over the mantra um yeah. oh, I forgot it too it's the one, it's the one that became popular um it's yeah. that one that's focused on being in the zone, like alpha brain waves. Yeah. Whereas like um yeah, like tra traditional like meditation though is where you go deeper, like down to like theta, but you're still conscious, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It yeah. was similar to that. Um I wish I could it just slipped my mind, but I never I never tried that one anyways, but I, I figured that would be similar to what it was because it was it was just the cadence back and forth of my pace was very meditative but again doing that for four hours is just like oh man this is brutal it's so boring <laughs> I, I i would have trouble too I, I one thing i like is mountain biking i i would see if i got back to the states i would try i would try doing something like that yeah I, I like the the movement but the yeah i know what you mean about just running slowly yeah. I, I would have difficulty. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, yeah I, good good on you to be able to do it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, because when I run, I want to run. I don't want to, yeah. yeah exactly. The only way I was able to do it is because I had already paid for the race. <laughs> okay. to what we talked about. I didn't want to lose the money, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Dental, right? That's what it is. Oh, what is it? Huh? Trans Trans yep, that's it. Transcendental. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was I was, I was curious about that one. Do you, do you predominantly do like Zen or Zazen or? Well, I the thing is, like when I got into it, it was all through books. So like okay. I've never even been to an official like retreat. Um, okay. But then it wasn't until I came to Thailand at a few experiences and people I met that were very very advanced and they kind of saved me with a lot of pointers 
nice. because I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause when you do it all on your own, you're very like self-taught, you run into questions a lot, you yeah. know, especially if you do it for a while and you need sometimes somebody's like, so what, 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 what do I do now? <laughs> you know, like, is that supposed to just keep going this path or, you know, you know, but, um, but yeah, when I started out, it was all just basic breath focus meditation. And the way I see it or the way I understand it is there's two main things you want to develop. And it's um, essentially focused meditation and mindfulness meditation. And you basically, you can practice them separately, but they're both interrelated. So you need to be able to focus. You know, for example, you'll focus just on the breathing or anything at uh -huh. all, whether in Zen, you're staring at an object, you know, you have your eyes open. But let's say in the, the more like Theravada that I, I do, even though I, I'm interested in like Tibetan stuff, I've never really done the practices that much that they talk about. Um, but but the basic sort of Theravada traditions is all focused on my breathing and I mostly focus on the diaphragm. Okay. Um, yeah, just because for me personally, I like the that sort of focus. Um, one game changer for me is like digging into some old texts was um that you don't have to make the focus on anything physical so you can focus on feelings or emotions and uh, there's an interesting one it's kind of weird to talk about it's like you can focus on the concept like like loving kindness mm, and you can just, yeah yeah and you can focus on that that was like overwhelming for me i almost felt like i i i like um couldn't do that every day because it was like you just focus so much on like a good concept, the same way you'd focus on your breathing with complete attention. And it just opens all that up, you yeah. know, which is incredible, you know, because once, you know, you've been doing it a long time too. And like how much sort of, and don't get too woo woo, you know, but the energy centers just kind of just can open up sometimes. And yeah. um, the, the main area that I should spend more time in is the mindfulness. So I spend too much emphasis on focus. Okay. Um, when I should be spending more time on mindfulness is where the real practice of enlightenment goes, you know, that the Buddha wanted you to stay on. Uh, yeah. If you're always staying on focus, it feels very good and it is good for you. You know, it, and it will, you know, that's the thing. It'll lower your blood pressure. You will feel good. You will be happier more mostly, but, um, you won't overcome or fully train your mind to, break out of its habitual conditioning once you go back to the real world, if that yeah. makes any sense. So I am lazy about that part of meditation. That's one thing I, I should spend more time in, you know, yeah, yeah. For, That's for my own part. Of, uh, meta, because mm -hmm. I fairly recently, maybe the past six months or so, um, started experimenting with meta meditation. And okay. it was, it was a very noticeable shift in how I treated people um, physically or online. And it, I mean, it was great. I'm not, I'm not an asshole anymore, but I, it, it flares up sometimes. And uh, it, uh, just, I don't know. It just made me like love everybody and everything. Um, again, avoid the, avoiding the woo woo stuff, but it, yeah. the meta meditation, <laughs> I honestly feel like it helped um, my not not that I was having troubles, but it helped my marriage, um, oh, my relationship with my wife. I I guess that's what I should mm -hmm. say. But she even commented on it once. She's like, "You're like a lot more mushy recently." I'm like, "Yeah, don't tell anyone." But 
I do a lot of uh, like negative vis- visualizations um, from like the stoicism practice where okay. I'll focus on the emotion of loss or I'll focus on the emotion of um, how I would feel if my whole family died today and I lost my job the same day. And I, I, I couldn't handle that. Yeah. Yeah. Those ones are, I don't do those quite often, but I, I appreciate them and I appreciate the thought behind them from the stoic belief of just hardening and strengthening my mental fortitude. And it, it, it could be that bad. So it's, it's less of an impact on me. I feel if it ever comes true. Um, again, I don't know. It's all thought experiments, but at the same time, I do feel like there is something to thought experiments as far as conditioning the mind, and it's similar to working out too. I'll uh, uh, if, if I'm going to do an event or like the endurance races, I'll I'll prepare myself mentally. I'll I'll run the race in my mind, and I'll already be somewhat amped up. And I know this is gonna suck, but mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get through it. And it's it's somewhat similar to the negative visualization practices that I do. Again, I don't do those too often because they are brutal. And if you actually put your heart and soul into it and let yourself feel those things, like I've cried for those ones before. And I'm sure you can imagine like you're you actually letting yourself feel what it would be like if those terrible, tragic things happened. But again, like I said, I feel like it's beneficial for my mental fortitude because it it kind of dampens it if it ever were to occur. And it's not just not just the the family ones, but like I'll do I'll do uh negative visualizations for a lot of things like that. But Okay, yeah. yeah to, to be honest, I I'm I have difficult with that kind of stuff. I mean, to be honest, um it get too personal. It's like my my mom passed away when I was a child. And, um, you know, when I was going to get married to my wife, I had this unbelievable panic attack like I never had before. It was about 15 years ago, 14 years. Yeah, 14 years ago. And, um, you know, I was just like, I can't let anybody this close to me ever again, because if anything happens to them, I will be broken. You know, because like when that have my mom as a child, something inside me conditioned myself to keep distance. Mm. You know, that's never going to let anybody that close ever again. And there's like this panic attack when I was like sitting somewhere. It's like, Jesus, I'm going to get married. This person's going to be so close to me. I can't let that happen. It's not, you know what I mean? And uh, yes, I would say I would have difficult this. Even when my daughter was born, there was a period of about one year where I had difficulty meditating at all because fears would come into my mind and I could not be okay with them you know like when you're meditating be mindful like see something horrible and be okay with that until it floats away again yeah and i was incapable of being mindful even i would see pictures in a newspaper during like the a war somewhere and i would see a picture of like children in a ditch you know in a newspaper and i would see my daughter's face on them now you can think i'm a crazy person but but um yeah you know this is about a year after a daughter is born so like um i still have these these things ah, i've said too much <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah. but um 
Like, but I gotta say one thing back on about the meta meditation though. This is from earlier. Is um I think it's important to bring up because people I think have taken a lot of the East Asian meditation and they've taken a lot of the heart out of it. So I I feel like you don't realize when you see about characters like the Buddha or all these people, they were very compassionate people, and you know like whereas in Western religion we have like Jesus is all about the love. You know, he's all about, you know, he's all about giving the love to everybody. But I think if you took the Buddha and Jesus and you put them together, right, they would be pretty similar general temperaments, I have a feeling. The Buddha might be a little more chilled and relaxed, you know. Yeah. Jesus might flip over a few more tables. But, <laughs> you know, but they would have a similar belief structure. I think sometimes if people need to do more of that meta meditation you know and not focus as much on the zen style you know what i mean i think yeah, i think i totally agree yeah yeah i think i think buddhism could use that in the west more so yeah yeah, yeah. again it was similar to when i initially started meditating when i first heard of meta i'm like well you want me to like think happy thoughts about people i don't know like that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. one of the things I love about myself is while I initially thought that I'm still going to try it because I don't know everything and I'm willing to try it, experience it and make up my own mind, actually experience it to have an opinion on it. I'm, I'm not just going to say, oh, that's dumb and then move on. Uh, I'm gonna try it, and it might still be dumb, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go at least the old college try, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, good. yeah, I really like meta meditation because of that, and it did. I don't do like blood work. I don't, I'm not that crazy of a biohacker, but I feel like if I were to have done it before and after a month of meta, I feel like there would be some bio indicators um of i don't know because like i said i don't i don't do that stuff but i know mentally it i was able to understand and empathize with people that i never thought i would before and i just had like a profound connection with human beings um and that was nice for me because sometimes i feel like a robot so (laughs) all right oh yeah I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, a lot of it is like when you see about, you know, oh, like love everybody, even though you don't know them, you might hear philosophically like, oh, everything is interconnected and there is no self. So if you really accept that, then, you know, you should treat everybody like they are you, you know, but when you look at it from that perspective, like meta, like, oh, that's what that means. It, you know what I mean? So it, it's just like a more feeling based, you know, philosophical yeah i don't know i'm rambling now (laughs) you said your wife kind of pushes you once in a while uh, as far as your related stuff does that mean that she participates with you or um does she do her own thing do you guys do like i don't know how old your daughter is but do you does she like do any sort of fitness related stuff with you guys not too much. My wife usually goes to the gym. She works out more than me, but it's, it's weird. Like, um, I don't know. It's mean to say, but for some reason I'm more fit than her, even though I work out a lot less. 
Um, I don't just know whether it's a good way. I <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But um, but my daughter though is funny. You know, I have like the the sixteen kilogram kettlebell, and um, even when she was like five years old, I turned around once. She's just picking it up and deadlifting. It's like, Daddy, look at me. It's like, Oh my God, you're gonna break your foot. You know, and she was she was just doing like carried around with her because she'd see me doing it. You know, and awesome. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. That was fun. But but um, yeah, I just try to keep her active as much as I can, but. I'm, I'm sometimes at a loss because I didn't grow up in the city and um, we go to the park and just walk around and try to climb trees. If you find stuff falling over, I just try to get her used. I one big thing is um, like if it's raining out, I, I try to get like, oh, let's go outside in the rain, you know, and I wanted to get that idea of like, you know, being OK with things that other people are afraid of that can't that aren't bad at all. You know, it's like. You know, since I, I, you know, I see from a long time, like as a teacher, the kids are like, oh, I'll go in the rain, I'll get sick. And then they get sick. But if you think, oh, I'll go in the rain and it's fun, then you don't get sick. Yeah. You know, and I see that pattern over and over and over again. So it, I just want to instill that attitude in her of like, you know, she is a strong person and, you know, not to be afraid of small things if that makes any sense uh oh, it, it definitely does and i'm definitely a mm-hmm. firm believer in the power of the mind as mm-hmm. you obviously are as well if not only if i'll go in the rain i'll get sick but just in general self-fulfilling prophecies like anytime my oldest says oh i can't do that i'm like i mean you can you just you just have to try it like you don't know that you mm-hmm. can't you've never done this before don't start off with the initial mindset of I can't. You, it's just setting up roadblocks left and right mm-hmm. for life. And life's already hard enough. You got <laughs> to try to figure out how to smooth that out a little bit. And having yeah. the, uh, the mental fortitude and understanding of I, it's going to be difficult maybe, but I can actually do this. I try to instill that in anyone I meet, but especially her right now because she's so impressionable and, She's she's uh, 10 right now, so she's going to start getting to the age where her peers are going to have a massive influence on her. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know kids very well. I'm not around them. But um, I see a lot of stuff online, and that's my only frame of reference, so it's skewed a bit. But mm-hmm. I don't like what I see, and um, mm-hmm. I see a lot of children in general just giving up too quickly and they don't they don't know how to problem solve or persevere through difficult things they'll just like oh I can. and then mom and dad will come in and solve it for them and mm-hmm. i know it frustrates the hell out of my daughter but i'm building her up because i'm not gonna solve it for her i'll help mm-hmm. her whenever she gets stuck i'll guide her but i'm never gonna give her the answer and again that frustrates the hell out of her but <laughs> i i feel like it's important because problem solving and critical thinking are severely lacking in any of the peers of hers that i've met and i <laughs> see it in her as well but again i don't i'm not around kids a lot so i don't know if it's a a thing but um i just feel like whatever i've seen online or again with just her peers it's it could just be the age group as well 
but they they severely lack problem solving skills and i it's kind of baffling to me because i feel like it's partly the education system but Mm. again i don't know (laughs) i'm in that education system (laughs) i know so like you guys are teaching them now well it's it's tricky like um it's also so i'm in east asia and this is like a conflict i get into with other teachers and what they say and this is the track that america started on about 20 years ago too they are basically modeling the east asian or you could even say chinese was it mansurian like the first the idea of like test to get where you're going and teach to the test and what has always set America apart is the opposite of that. The creativity is like, I think there's a, an interview with Putin, right, from Russ I once saw, and, and it was like years ago. And they go like, so what is it that you admire about Americans? He's just like, their creativity. Like in Russia, nobody will just think of these things. And they just think of things all the time out of nowhere. And yeah. you know what I mean? And this is something that Americans have that is a unique skill. You know what I mean? And I feel like they are, you know, America is sacrificing that if they focus too much on, you know, this style of teaching. You know what I mean? So there's a big insecurity in America. It's like, oh, we're, we're worse at math than everybody else. We're, you know what I mean? You know, so like, oh, we need to make sure they, they memorize more. You know what I mean? But you have, you can't be good at everything. So, yeah. you know, the idea of like, you have to choose what you will be good at and what you will not be good at. And like I was talking about this with, um, you know, an old coworker of mine and he he's American, but he, he's like Thai also. And he's says so like, well, yeah, but if we do this, then they won't get as good grades on the university exams and then they won't get as good jobs and they will make less money. You know, it's like, yeah, but they could. But the country as a whole will have more interesting problem solvers who will be more capable human beings and make better decisions throughout their life and yeah. have better social skills and better citizens who vote better, <laughs> you know, and who, you know what I mean? Like all these things, you know, Compounds. you know, like more active involved citizens instead of, you know, passive test takers, you know what I mean? It's also the test taking, it, it makes the kids too selfish, if you know what I mean. So all this like, oh, extra classes on Saturday and this and that. And it's like their only job in life is to get super good grades so they yeah. can make good money. And to me, that's like a very hollow existence, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, but, but it's hard to go up against that when you have the attitude of like this long-term thing of like, you know, oh, they have to become a doctor. You know, it's like, I, I think doctors are great. Well, I mean, I have problems with a lot of things the medical world do, but um, <laughs> um, but it's basically um, you have to accept that it's okay to do a lot of project-based learning and just expose kids to lots of ideas and things to make them curious and ask questions and, yeah. you know, want to explore things on their own. And yeah, they, they won't be able to do the times table as well as another kid. You know, they won't, but that's okay yeah. because... Yeah. That's what calculators are for. And now AI is for, and, you know, um, yeah. So I completely, my wife echoes my sentiments on it as much as she can. Um, Mm. Just because of, it's such a rigid 
structured thing and she's much more creative and she's she was an art minor as well so she she loves she loves all that stuff and she incorporates Mm -hmm. a lot of it into her classroom and again she's got first graders so it's kind of like a fun environment as well anyways it's not nearly as Mm -hmm. structured and rigid as it is when they get older but Mm -hmm. even the stuff that she has to do she's like this doesn't make any sense. Why Why do I need to, like, shove this down their throat so relentlessly right now? It's just, they're little kids. Let them be little kids. Let them paint stuff, and let's go on field trips and look at bugs. And Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the emphasis on test-taking, that, that was always my struggle in school, for sure. Um, I don't know. It was... Uh, it was just wasteful to me because I'm definitely much more creative and outside the box thinking. And I feel like I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I feel like more intelligent people don't fit into that rigidity of structured test takings. I have to do all of this nonsense to get the best college application acceptance. And uh, yeah, I, I was also very driven by money when I was younger as well. So that's not good. <laughs> I, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advertise that for anyone anymore. Yeah. Well, it's it's good. You do have to. You know. I wish I cared more about money when I was younger. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But 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 to be honest, one in defense of the education system, you know, teachers get so much crap all the time. But at the same time, we are constantly doing our best to make things fun while people are saying they have to hit this benchmark, you know, and it's your job to do that, you know, and there's all these different people and different interests and you're kind of stuck in the middle and everybody wants something a little bit different and they're just kind of surrounding you at all times, you know, and it's, you're just, yeah, yeah. Just trying to do your best that you can, you know, so. administration on this side and then the parents pulling just, all the parents want different things and all some parents want tests all the time and they want to make sure their kid is at this level of certain this or that you know and other parents just want their kids to, you know go out and dissect some leaves and you know go hang around and do like team building activities you know and stuff like that you know um yeah and other parents want an hour night of homework for their 10 year old you know and, uh, you know, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky yeah. balancing it all, you know. And then there's a new administration every couple of years, and they'll literally do a 180 on whatever they want, you know. Wow. And uh, you're just left trying to figure it all out, you know. So, yeah, yeah. And it's harder in America, too, because, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, was going to say, uh, I already think I know the answer. You never taught in the U.S., right? It was, uh, nope, nope. I was going to ask how the uh, – well, I don't, it doesn't matter. How is the physical fitness education in Thailand? Do they have, uh, I, I, my, again, my only frame of reference is U.S. So there was a lot for me. Um, also, because our school was kind of poor, so P.E. was an easy one to do because you just run around and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, physical education requirements for Thai kids. Um, well, I'm in Bangkok and I'm at, I'm at an international program 
so the kids there are it's a pretty academic school as starting in grade four i am and so okay. up until around grade three they try to push a more play-based environment and then they sort of switch gears around my grade and there's a lot of conflicting areas there but they, they get pe twice a week okay and uh they have a lot of different pe teachers but they they put a lot of emphasis on individual skills but not a lot on sports which is kind of a an odd thing so they have them doing a lot of like um you know for example instead of just playing basketball there's a lot of time spent like okay let's try to move the basketball up and down the cones and they'll do that for like a month wow. like practicing the individual movements you know and um i think they're trying to get more into team-based stuff which would be good for the kids i think they have more fun too because i think pe should be a fun time for the kids too and yeah. yeah people just want to play they just want to you know what i mean <laughs> especially kids you know they just like throw yeah. a ball back and forth you know and race chase each other you know is what kids like to do yeah. so it's not yeah. enough for the in the academic side let them throw a ball at each other <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly good old dodgeball like, yeah, yeah yeah speaking of yeah. do they have that over the, where your school is I've done, it. Almost I, I've done it yeah yeah I, I i've done it um ball is very soft though but yeah. when i took the kids out um last <laughs> sorry um last march we no it was was it march yeah or february it was um it was getting hot and i had one girl basically pass out from the heat because i had them out in the field yeah around 11 and that was the first year after covid that we started to have kids pass out from the heat there's another girl from my class too last year she's in grade five now but it's during the cassette fair they they um they're walking around there and she passed out too. So before that time, that would never happen. So yeah. there's definitely a shift from after COVID, the kids came back from two to three years of just not moving and being in air conditioning. And then Thailand is the tropics, you yeah. know, so then they go outside and they move a lot more and they, their bodies are not adapting well to it, you know, so it might take a while for them to really yeah, yeah, get get back into it. So, yeah, COVID mm -hmm. screwed mm -hmm. up so many things, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. oh, Connor, I appreciate you chatting with me. I'll uh, I'll end it with uh, you. Got any uh, future goals or anything you're planning on shooting for? Fitness, life related. It's very open ended on purpose. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, I know your book. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I am gonna finish that book. I'm gonna be an author. I'm gonna put it next to my name. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. For for that, yeah, I want to I want to finish that book. I'll see if I can keep writing. And um, yeah, in general, like that, I just want to put less emphasis on hustling and trying to make money, and more emphasis on just being healthy and enjoying things like writing a book and just relaxing. Um, for fitness, I would like to put on more muscle. That is one thing I want to do. So I want to put more emphasis on lifting things. So especially as I get older, I'm starting to yeah get too skinny. So yeah, yeah, that, that's what I basically my main goal is. Uh, 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 right that on. way. But um, yeah, well, yeah. I, 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 how about yourself though? Like, uh, what, what uh, do you so mean? presently, I have 
two goals in mind. Um, fitness related ones. Um, next year, September, I'll be running uh, the entire country of Wales. Um, oh, there's wow. a, <laughs> there is a ultra marathon race. I think it's five or six days long, but you run the entire country of Wales. Um, it's called the dragon's back race because if you like zoom out and look at like a side cut of the uh, country, it's very mountainy and I guess it looks like a dragon's back. Um, but the elevation changes crazy. It's a, it's definitely a, a trail running race. I think it's, uh, I want to say it's like four or 500 kilometers. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember. So that's been, that was the, race that I found that got me interested in training for endurance. Um, and that was last year that I found that. So this year I was like, all right, I'll do a a marathon and an ultra just to see if I can survive those. And I, I limped my way through the ultra. So I knew if I didn't get hurt, I could complete it. So that gave me enough, uh, confidence that I'll be able to complete the dragons back. And then, um, parallel to that, um, I want to, on a single day, uh, hit the 1,000-pound club again, which is an aggregate of bench press, squat, and deadlift, uh, totaling 1,000 pounds. Um, And then after I do that, I want to run a marathon in under three hours and 30 minutes on the same day. Mm -hmm. Those are my two uh, fitness-related goals right now. Uh, As far as personal... No, I'm not positive yet. I'm definitely working on building up my coaching as much as I can so I can transition to that full-time. I'm currently a software engineer, and I can't stand sitting at a desk all day, Um, especially because I I work remotely now too, so I don't even get to interact Mm. with people at the office. That was a little bit more enjoyable, but I only talk to my wife and my kids right now. Um, okay. I mean, I'll hang out with friends once in a while. That, that's why you're on Twitter. See, it's, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's good to meet people. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. now to an entire, uh, fitness related community around being a father mm-hmm. and the, the fun that we all get to have with <laughs> trying to find time and all of that fun <laughs> stuff. So that's my mm-hmm professional and personal goals that I'm working towards right now, building out the dad fit brand. And uh, this podcast is one of the, the avenues that I'm going down. So I, uh, I appreciate you chatting with me, Connor. Do you have anything you want to plug? I know your book's not available yet. If you want yeah. people to hit you up on social media, anything like that. To be honest, my profile's a mess right now. I've been all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm the most unprofessional uh, podcast. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, if, if you want to follow my exploits, less trodden path on Twitter, whatever I'm, I'm up to for the for the the month, you know, it'll be there. And nice. um, yeah, that's about it. So just just finishing my novel. You want to follow. Somebody who's trying to be healthy, hang out with his family, and finish a book. That, that, that's, uh, yeah, you can follow along. Yeah, yeah, that's right that's up my alley. Yeah, I'll put all the links and stuff in the show notes to make it a little easier for everybody. But 
again, Connor, I really, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. It was, you're a great conversationalist. And, and oh, I hope we can do this again in the future after the podcast grows a bit. We'll have a recap oh, after you finish I'll your book. Back. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, yeah, see. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Barrett. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been fun. It's good. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy. All right, you too. I'll see you.